Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is episode number 98. This is going to be a verse-by-verse edition with Rick Maynard. So thank you for all of you that are joining Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. Season number one is soon coming to an end. Only two more episodes left till our epic and historic 100th episode. We're really excited about that. So all of you, you can listen on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, iTunes, all those kind of things. Please share it and subscribe to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. You can also support it as well. Smash the support this podcast button. We appreciate all of you that listen each and every episode. Welcome back, Rick Maynard. How are you? I'm just great. All right. You are episode number 98. Two more episodes. Uh, Next time we'll hear from you will be season two. Well, you mean I'm not going to get to be 100? Probably not. Right. It's going to be like maybe Jesus or uh, so we'll get someone real big like that on there. Yeah. Uh, and as well, we have Greg Craywick with us. He's part of the podcast team, part of the staff at Grace Point. Yes. Hello, everybody. Thanks How are you, Greg? Great. How are you doing? We're today? excited to have you a part of the podcast Thank you. team. Thank you. And uh, we got to hear from your wife, Kelly, too, too very soon here yes. on the Grace Point Daily sure. Podcast. Well, this is a verse by verse edition. It's where we simply just go through the Word of God. Rick Maynard is a teacher here at Grace Point on a weekly basis. He does a Sunday class going through Scripture, and we've also added that to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. So, Rick Maynard, let's dive in. I wasn't on the last episode, so bring us up to speed. Okay, well, I'm going to back up where First uh, Kings chapter four, uh, actually verse twenty three. We kind of finished in the middle of a, a verse there, but it's just talking about uh, Solomon's provisions, the things that he had to do to make his kingdom work, and part of these things, it's like, well, that's boring. I mean, that's just numbers, and but I think sometimes things are put in there to uh, to tell us just how big the job was, how big the task was. You know, because we read these things just like, well, Solomon became king, and he was a good guy, and, you know, he did some good things, and, you know, he built a temple, and, you know, we read through those things, but don't realize some of the details. So um, I'm going to, I'll read verse 22, but we won't talk about it. You can get the last podcast and pick up what we talked about there. But Solomon's daily provisions were 30 cores of fine flour and 60 cores of meal. Uh, we mentioned that it's uh, 75 gallons or 180 bushels of flour, uh, 360 bushels of meal, and 58,320 pounds of food per day to, wow. to feed these people. So um, quite an undertaking. And then if you read on where we were in verse 23, it says, 10 head of stall-fed cattle, 20 of pasture-fed cattle, and 100 sheep and goats, as well as, well as deer, gazelles, roebucks, and choice fowl. So... Uh, you know, I've, I've always said I like numbers and statistics and things, so I always kind of figure that up on a yearly basis. So in a year, that would be 3,650 stall-fed cattle, 7,300 pasture-fed cattle, 36,500 sheep and goats. So, uh, you know, not only was Solomon a, um, you know, a wise man and, and the king, and, uh, but what an administrator to be able to handle those kinds of things. I, I think about a pastor who comes in that's, um, that walks into the middle of a building program, mm-hmm. you know, and especially some of these churches that are, you know, multi-million dollar facilities, and a pastor comes in and everybody thinks that he should be the, uh, the project manager, you know, for the church. Right. And, <laughs> you know, it's like all his other duties just come to a halt, and all of a sudden he's working on the church every day and 
painting the walls and doing all those kinds right. of things to the church. But uh, Solomon, I, I think in his great wisdom that he was given, uh, you know, knew how to do those kind of things. It wasn't just, well, he went to college and learned how to, you know, crunch, crunch the numbers. And, but uh, it's all part of his wisdom. Yeah. So, and it's not like so much probably a great example, but like for, oh, I'll just use it just for the sake of the conversation. It's like when we just came off this weekend at church, you have like a big event at church. Mm-hmm. And even the one that we had maybe numerically wasn't like this huge, huge thing, mm-hmm. uh, like 150 kids, I think was roughly the number, but you had like 50 to 60 volunteers or something mm-hmm. like that. And you had months of preparation leading up to that right. and things like that. And, and the work of God requires... Uh, right. A lot of little things. There's the big things, but there's the little things too. You think the ins and outs of a church, being a lead pastor. Sometimes I don't think people always understand a budget or mm-hmm. as a pastor that signs the checks, like right. how many different things we have to pay for and uh, things that are going in and going out and distribution, right. the daily, the daily provisions. So that's the title of this passage mm-hmm. scripture in my Bible, the daily provisions right. that are needed to do the work of God are extensive. And so, you know, whether it's missions, whether it's the local church, whether it's a parachurch ministry, there's so many little things that are required mm-hmm. to do the work of God. Well, so, uh, you know, you're talking about the no price tag, you know, somebody can drive by the church and see a sign out front says no price tag conference. Those people have no clue, All right? You know what it takes. Uh, what Pastor Rachel, you know, coordinating that, and thankfully she had people who had helped her before, right? Who knew how to make that thing run smooth. You know, you can put things on, but not do it with excellence, right? And it doesn't run smoothly, you know, because of lack of preparation and those kind of things. There's some wisdom involved with Pastor Rachel being able to put that thing on and sure. know how to make it work and run. Well, even in professional, main, even in maintaining the facilities, right? You know all the the cleaning that goes on, right? The, the moving of stuff <laughs> around, you know, because stuff breaks all the time. Mm-hmm. You're always fixing something, and I'm sure Solomon had to deal with that too. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. There's more than you know. There's always that. That's the interesting thing about scripture. We we just don't think about the details that go along right. with each verse of scripture. We just read through it like Solomon did this, and then he did this, mm-hmm. and. You know, he had some flour, and he had some meal, and he had some cattle, and, you know, we don't realize. But anyway, 424, for he ruled over all the kingdoms west of the river from Tish, Tishsaw to Gaza and had peace on all sides. So it's one thing to rule a nation, but to have uh, peace on all sides. And that's part of, I think, that peace comes through his wisdom, too. He knew how to handle things to to create peace. And, you know, it's I, I thought about this, how it's... It's kind of ironic that this was such a great thing to have that kind of, of peace, to have that kind of wisdom, to bring that kind of peace to the land. And, you know, in the end times, yeah. that's what we're going to have is a guy who comes in on the negative side. We're going to have a guy who comes in, brings peace to the world, you know, the Antichrist kind of thing. Sure. So that wisdom and all those things can can be for good, and it can bring some devastating things too because that's what's going to happen one day but right well the fact that he had peace on all sides i mean you would have to be pretty uh not very smart to go and mess with right. solomon and everything and his kingdom and all that the stuff that he, i mean you just look at how intimidating that must have been to everybody right. around them mm-hmm. you know why would you even go mess with that I <laughs> well i think last week i think one of the verses was they people stood in awe. yeah the other countries were in awe right of what he was doing so 
Uh, 25, during Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel from Dan to Beersheba lived in safety, each man under his own wine and or his own vine, and probably under his own wine too, but uh, <laughs> under his own vine and fig tree. So uh, Dan to Beersheba, anytime that's mentioned several times in the Bible, just means from the north to the south. Uh, it covers the entire area. So uh, total peace, and when it talks about under your own vine and your own fig tree, it's not only peace, but people lived in prosperity. Yeah. You know, they they didn't have to depend on someone else. There wasn't a welfare system. Right. You know, wouldn't it be great to, to live in a society now where we there was peace and prosperity and we didn't need a welfare system? Yeah. You know? And, uh, of course, we can get in all political there, but the welfare <laughs> system was never meant to be a permanent thing. That's yeah. right. It was meant to get people through a temporary time, but... Uh, so anyway, they were each was able to provide for his own family during that peace time. So verse 426, Solomon had 4,000 stalls for chariot horses and 12,000 horses. Uh, King James says 40,000. Second Chronicles says 4,000. You know, sometimes you run across things in the Bible, and there's always somebody out there who will say the Bible contradicts itself. You know, All and right. they'll, they'll pull these little scriptures. Well, it says 4,000 here, and it says 40,000 over here. So the Bible, you know, you can't believe the Bible. Well, the problem is there's there was copier errors mm-hmm. in things because of closeness of meanings of words. But the issue is, yes, there was in 4,000 or 40,000. There might be a difference in the words, but there's no difference in the words when it comes to salvation and right. repentance. And, right. You know, you can't say, well, it says, mm-hmm. you know, this is how to be saved over here, but it says this is how to be saved. You right. can't argue those right. points, but in the area of numbers, yeah, sometimes there was an error. And I just wrote down, I, I was looking, uh, the word for 40 is arbaim, and the word for four is arba. Ah. So, you know, it's easy when a guy's writing these words down, you know, it's easy to make just a small error and yep. change the number. So Was that in 422? Four chapter 422? 426. 26, okay. Yeah. So, um, and then there's uh, there's just ideas about that, that there was 40,000 in all, but there was only 4,000 in Jerusalem. So it's kind of a, it's not, even at that, it may not be a total right. mistake or whatever. It's just a, some things were probably written where people, when they read it then, mm-hmm. they just understood, well, this is what it means for yeah. us today. We don't get it all, right. you know. But um, it's, it's kind of relative to uh, Kelly Stevens giving his tithe in pesos versus dollars, you know. We're right. like, thanks, yeah. Kelly, for that he $40,000 offering. I right. No, I, that, I meant pesos, not dollars. Yeah. You know, I heard you say that, <laughs> but, but Kelly Stevens wouldn't be smart enough to make that transition <laughs> right. between pesos and dollars. So I don't really believe that's probably a, the case with him. So we'll help him out. Yeah. We'll try to help him. So if he would show up for, you know, the verse by verse, he might learn something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, you know, and I, I look at some of these things when it gives us these numbers and we think, well, again, what difference does that make? Well, in our society today, have you ever watched, you know, North Korea is really known for that. They march, you know, he stands up on his, temple or whatever and looks down on his armies and they march through and they bring the tanks and you know we we all have bragging rights you Mm -hmm. know how many nuclear weapons do you have and how many tanks do you have and how many ships do you have and well half of his are cardboard anyways yeah right right right. (laughs) so 
So, you know, it's just bragging rights is all it is sure. for a lot of these things. But uh, 427, the district officers, each in his own month, supplied provisions for King Solomon and all who came to the king's table. They saw to it that nothing uh, was lacking. And uh, it talks about, in verse 7, it talked about Solomon having 12 officers. So there was one for each month of the year that took care of all of these, you know, the livestock, the slaughtering, the, you know, making sure they had enough cattle, making sure they had enough meal and flour and all those uh, kinds of things. And, and again, I think about his, his wisdom and being able to put together a team like that uh-huh. because it would be, you know, if, if the pastor came to the church and said, okay, uh, Greg, you're, you're my associate pastor for a month, but you know, in, this is August, so you get to be associate pastor for August. Now, September, I got a different mm-hmm. one, and October, I have a different one. And then next year in August, then you'll get to be associate pastor again. Sure. And can you imagine how difficult that would be to to change every month yeah. and try to get back into, and then somebody comes in and says, well, I know, you know, uh, Greg did this, but I, I think it would work better if we did this. Right. And by the time it comes back around to you again, there's been so many changes, you're starting over again. Mm-hmm. So uh, this had to be a, even in, again, logistics of things, this had to be a mm-hmm. big deal to be able to have a new guy come in every month to take care of all of there was to take care of and be able to keep things moving. They probably had to have staff meetings too. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It could have been. I The only modern example I can think of as we read through this is something like uh, when I was in Utah, there's a large Air Force base there, mm-hmm. and I happened one time to meet the commander of the entire Air Force. This was a large Air Force base. Uh, you know, he had to run all the operations, oversee all the operations. Mm-hmm. And I met him. I'm like, oh, how are you? And he, uh, how long you been here? And it was like, well, I've been here uh, a year. And I was like, wow, you're, you're a new guy. And you, I'm, mm-hmm. I imagine just getting really used to things. And he's like, nope, I'll be gone in six, six to seven months. Right. And, you know, those guys transition every two years and i thought like in my brain like that 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 just doesn't seem conducive towards success right or you know you think you'd want an air force you'd want someone Mm -hmm. there for 20 30 years or you know someone to really establish themselves as a leader but they just keep moving around moving around so there must be some type of system that really created Mm -hmm. an element of success regarding that they could do that so imagine solomon had something like that uh, even though there was a lot of shifting and changing, he had the wisdom mm-hmm. to establish some type of system that was conducive mm-hmm. for continued success, right. even though, even in spite of the consistent change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were probably people who sat around and said, why is he doing it like that? Oh, I'm sure. You know, I mean, why is pastor doing this? Why is, you know, nobody can just say, hey, you know what? Let him, let him do what he, you know, as wrong as he is. Just let him go ahead. And if anyone could play the God card, it was definitely Solomon. Like, well, right. because God actually like came to me and talked to me personally mm-hmm. and told me yep. I could. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, verse 28. They also brought to the proper place the quotas of barley and straw for the chariot horses and the other horses. Um, you know, again, uh, there was a change in the boss every month, but... Uh, 429, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sea on the seashore. You know, I I just, I can't imagine what kind of man he had to have been. Yeah. I mean, to 
it, we've talked about before, I have wisdom and knowledge in certain areas of my life. And then there's some things, you know, it comes to working on a car, don't have a clue <laughs> and don't want to know, right. you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I have air, you know, areas of my life. We all have areas that, uh, you know, our strengths or mm-hmm. whatever in our life and areas that we have wisdom and, but to be someone like him, who was just talking about in all areas and, you know, there was, I, I don't know where I read this, but in the, the natural would have been uh, to make decisions like court decisions. And then in the moral sense to be able to say, you know, I doubt that you ever wanted to argue with Solomon. No, probably not. I think he had an answer for everything. <laughs> there's a, I think there's a show on TV or on one of the preaching things. It's to each man an answer. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of it. I'm not sure I'm not uh, putting a plug in for that because I don't know. <laughs> well, that's just the name of the ministry. I'm not uh, advertising for it. But uh, but to be able to make... They are not a sponsor of the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to make a uh, making decisions like that and moral decisions to be able to say, you know, this is what the Bible, this is what the Bible says about that. Right. You know, you can think what you want to. You can rationalize all you want to. But the Word of God says this. And that's why I think... You know, we all pray for wisdom, but wisdom comes because I, I've learned the Word of God. I mean, if I'm going to give any moral guidance to someone, I need to have the the textbook. Yeah. You know, I need to know what that wisdom is, not just mm-hmm. what I think about it. And then divine wisdom is even above and beyond, you know, where people just like Solomon, people would look at you with awe and say, man, I can't, I can't believe that. Right. You know, I can't believe that that guy could come up. And, and the spiritual, of course, the spiritual side of that goes right along with it. One of them said uh, it was exceedingly deep knowledge uh, and not by his own um, efforts. Mm. Solomon didn't become wise because you can, have, you can have guys who know a lot about a lot. And, you know, and then there's guys like, like me who I have certain areas of my life, certain places I've worked, certain things that I've done that give me... But there are guys who have wisdom in a lot of areas of, of their life. But some of that just is more knowledge than wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to use the phrase educated idiots. <laughs> you know, there are people out there who have, they can tell you how to work on a car. They can tell you how to build a house. They can tell you how to do everything there is to do. But they're dumber than dirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, if you ask them any kind of a question that, that takes any common sense that they can't, they can't do it. It's all knowledge mm-hmm. without wisdom. Yeah. So just because we have knowledge about something doesn't mean we have wisdom in that area either. But it's not by our own um, earning his wisdom because, well, you're a really good guy and you've done really good things, so I'm going to give you some wisdom. Because James one five, and this is the ultimate verse when it comes to talking about wisdom, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Yeah. And that's a statement for, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, it's a statement to all, it will be given. Yeah. Not to just Solomon, not to just, I may not have the wisdom that Solomon has, but it says if we want wisdom to ask for it. And, you know, I like wisdom. I mean, that's something I can get up every day, and it probably should be part of my daily prayers. Lord, give me wisdom. Mm. And especially if you're in any kind of leadership. Sure. If, you're, if I'm teaching a class, I need wisdom. Make sure I don't 
lead somebody the wrong direction. Right. And and I've probably been guilty of that in the area of sarcasm. You know, I've always yeah. had that sarcasm and, and people get it because usually sarcasm is, um, I always say you recognize sarcasm because it's ridiculous. We just made a joke about Kelly Stevens, you know, Kelly's a very smart man, but <laughs> there we go. See, well, there's, there's all of his fans again. But, um, but the reason that's sarcasm is because it's ridiculous mm-hmm. to say that Kelly Stevens doesn't have the intelligence to. So that's what makes sarcasm. But if you're a sarcastic person, usually you say things as if they're serious. But the problem with that is if people don't know you, <laughs> right. you know, then they think you are being serious. Yeah. So if people don't know that we joke with Kelly, somebody might say, man, they, you know, they said Kelly Stevens wasn't very smart, you know, so he's not very smart. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on from there. But, um, and, and they, we forget about this too. It, when we read scriptures, people are notorious for pulling out the scripture that they like and not reading around that scripture right. to see the context or, yeah. or that it was. And, and so if you back up, so that was verse five, let me back up and read uh, James five, two through four it says, consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. So that asking for wisdom follows the verses talking about having trials mm-hmm. in your life. So it's not the wisdom to figure out how to get out of the trial in your life. It's the wisdom to know how to deal with the trial in my life. You know, the wisdom to, to know that uh, God is teaching me something, the mm-hmm. wisdom to, to figure out what God's teaching me. So you know, we can all pull that book. Oh, well, I want wisdom. I'm just going to ask God for wisdom. Well, it follows up having some trials in your life and some mm-hmm. tribulations in your life. Oh, that, that's for sure. That wisdom comes. Yep. And we flat out learn wisdom in the middle of trials. Yeah. We learn how to deal. Uh, we learn wisdom with finances when we don't have enough to go around. We learn how to make the money stretch further than mm-hmm. if we've just got it all the time. That's right. Um, if if we're sick and going through a trial of sickness, we develop some wisdom to have some compassion for other people who are going through things. And so there's wisdom to be gained in those trials. And I think that's what it's talking about there. It's not talking about. And I, that doesn't mean to say we shouldn't still ask for wisdom generally, not just when we're going through a trial, because I yeah. need it every day. Yep. So... Amen. Uh, 4.30, Solomon's wisdom was greater. And and it, it, this is amazing because it just keeps, <laughs> you know, if you're reading this, you almost want to say, all right, we get it. Yeah. Solomon was wise. <laughs> yeah. How many times do you have to say it? But I think that's the reason. It's trying mm-hmm. to tell us it's way beyond what wisdom we can think of with the wisest person we know. Solomon wisdom, Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. Now that's a, those are great statements there. That's not just wiser than this Mm -hmm. guy or that guy. I mean, that's talking about all nations. Um, And if you, if you look at those people that uh, the King James calls it the children of the East, which were their Arabians, 
and they were known for wisdom. So that was one of their, um, and the Persians were known for wisdom and knowledge of the stars, divination of birds and soothsaying. And Egypt was called the mother of the arts and sciences. So when you're talking about being wiser than those in the East and wiser than those in Egypt, those were known places. You know, if you say, uh, I don't even know what kind of, if, if you said, uh, uh, Pastor Jeremiah is wiser than all the children in the preschool. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's not saying much right. <laughs> that you've got that kind of yeah, wisdom. Yeah. So when you make these comparisons, he's wiser than these guys. You're saying these guys were really wise. Yeah, all of Egypt. Right. But he was more than even those who were known to be wise. And it goes on in the next verse, 31. He was wiser than any other man, including Ethan the Ezraite, wiser than Heman, Calcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. So wiser than any other man. So it wasn't that Solomon was just wiser than the guys in his town or whatever, wiser than any other man. Now that's quite a statement. Yeah. Uh, none were equal to him. Um, and, and I looked up because it, when it begins to say he's wiser than this guy, wiser than that guy, um, I, I had to look up these guys and see who they were. Ethan the Ezraite was an author of Psalm 89, so you never hear that name anywhere, but um, obviously a wise man who uh, would not have been used to compare De- or Solomon to uh, had he not been known for his wisdom. So he was actually a writer of Psalm 89. Uh, Heman, Calcol, and Darda, the, uh, Heman was the author of Psalm 88. He was a grandson of Samuel, and he was King David's seer. So these are... In other words, each one of these guys is a wise man. It's not mm-hmm. just pulling some guys out and saying, "Well, he was wiser than you know right. than these guys. He was wiser than the preschool teacher, you know, or something." Um, better not say that. We don't want to think the preschool teacher is not a wise person. So <laughs> don't uh, don't misunderstand me, all the <laughs> preschool teachers who are listening out there. Yes, um, Calcol. I I didn't really find anything on Calcol. Darda means pearl of wisdom. And the rabbinic word for Darda is Dodia, which means generation of knowledge. So these guys were, I mean, even their names reflected Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of knowledge uh, that they had. So uh, he spoke, 432, he spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. The proverbs, we don't know, uh, we don't have 3,000 proverbs that are all listed, I don't think, in the book of Proverbs. I didn't count to see how many there actually are but it's probably not every one of those maybe some of them were similar enough that they weren't repeated or uh, whatever but and and the proverbs come from uh, wisdom proverbs are things that if you will do these things it's very likely that things will go well for you solomon was not god these were not um prophecies that if you do this, without a doubt, it will come to pass. And I've used it many times over, and so for those of you, you can turn it off right now because you've heard this before, but um, the Scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Uh, That's not a promise because many children who are trained in the ways of the Lord depart from it, 
and die and go to hell. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be uh, graphic, but that does happen. So Proverbs were not promises. Promises are things that come to pass no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. If God said it and God made a promise, you know, my salvation is a promise. Mm-hmm. It's not something that is just, well... If you do these things and you're obedient to God and you accept Jesus and confess your sins and repent, and <laughs> if you do all those things, you might get to go to heaven. Right. I mean, it doesn't say that. It says that is the way to heaven. Yeah. That's the way to get there. So that's a promise. But uh, training up a child, that's not a promise. It's a proverb. It's a good thing, and it's far more likely. It's not very likely if you don't train them up. All right. It's not very likely they're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. If somebody doesn't train them up. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Proverbs are great sayings and great things that, you know, are more than likely to come to pass if you are obedient to those things, but they're not promises in the Bible. So when you when people read things like that, you have to be careful because you people will say, you know, if you have a child who's strayed from the faith, mm-hmm. you know, you can't use that. I mean... It, Yes, that's a good scripture. Right. You know, you need to remember that you trained them right and and all of those things. But you can't say, well, don't just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it because you trained them up right, and it says they're going to come back. So, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, You can't. That's wrong thinking. (laughs) Uh, They've got to make a decision to come back. Just because you trained them up, they still have a decision to make. Mm -hmm. They don't get to go to heaven because you trained them the right way. You know, if that was the case... Be lots of people going to heaven that didn't live a life for God at some point. So, um, so anyway, we'll finish up with this. Um, we don't know uh, about all the. I mean, it says a thousand and five songs. The only one we have recorded is the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. We call it. Um, they said with that because if we know Solomon's history. He didn't practice a lot of the things that he talked about in the Song of Solomon. I mean, that was a love story. It was very intimate. Uh, They believe that that was written about his very first wife, Mm. which is pretty amazing that he had those feelings about a first wife to write that song, but yet she wasn't enough. Right, yeah. He he had to find another. And another. And and that's a, I mean, that's a lesson really for all of us in relationship with a wife is that, you know, it's pretty easy to, to sing the song of Solomon to the newlywed. You know, that's a pretty easy song to sing because, Oh, we're, we're so in love. And, you know, I I won't go into that book, but you know, he had to write a a love song for every wife. So that's why he had a thousand (laughs) and five. That's why I never thought of that. No wonder. No wonder he wrote a thousand and five, one for each wife. (laughs) I want a song too. (laughs) All right, here it goes. But, uh, you know, I I mean, that is kind of a sad thing. If you really think about that, that, and it, and it's very relevant for today that, Mm. you know, we fall so in love Mm -hmm. and we could, we could read that Song of Solomon to our wife, and oh, your arms are like this, and your legs are like this, and I mean, it's very descriptive, you know. Without getting, it is graphic. I mean, that is a graphic book. Not many. Your creatures. navel is like a rounded goblet, yes. never lacking blended wine. My well, personal there you favorite. Go. There you go. <laughs> but isn't that sad that you would you would say that to your wife as a 
a newlywed, that you would have those kinds of mm-hmm. feelings and things that you would say. But then as the years go on, you know, your navel is like a 10-gallon bucket. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dirty Full sock. of soured wine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that's sad, but honestly, that is. It uh, is, yeah. It, it is the way it happens. That, and it happened to Solomon, the wisest man yeah. that ever lived couldn't be faithful to a wife that he had written about the, that we have recorded for all men to see. And it was, it's, it still wasn't enough. He still found out that it wasn't enough. So, um, and, and I don't know the tune to what that's, I mean, it says a song. So it was something, uh, and a lot of times songs, we think about songs that have to, they have to rhyme, right. you know, uh, we have to have so many words that rhyme and phrases and different things. You know, I think in the Jewish culture, if you've ever heard Jewish singing, mm-hmm. they kind of just make up a tune and sing a a story. Yep. You know, it doesn't have to be um, a catchy little tune with three verses or, or whatever. So so it was a song. I don't know. Again, I'm not going to sing that for you here today, oh. but uh, maybe next week we'll maybe we'll do that for the 100th episode. I'll sing the yeah. song sing of song. Solomon <laughs> to you. So, so anyway, we probably should should uh, stop there. I think we're about due on time here. Well, it's always fascinating to talk about the life of Solomon. It's just awesome. There's so many great things to glean from, and there's much wisdom to be gained from his life. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this verse of verse by verse edition. Keep plugging along with us each week. Next time we go through the verse by verse edition, we'll be on season two past episode 100. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Greg. We'll talk to you guys next time.